Make sure to listen at the end for a message from the author. Sidewalk Audio and PatioBooks.com presents The Prince of Hazel and Oak A podcast novel by John Lenahan Book 2 of the Shadow Magic series Read by the author Chapter 2. Jailbreak. Connor, Detective Fallon said, no one is going to bail you out. It was just the two of us again. I finally had calmed down enough for him to dismiss the guard. You saw what was written on the slate. I did. How did you do that? Some sort of conjuring trick? That made me laugh. No, not a conjuring trick, it's a, a magic trick. Real magic. Fallon picked up the Allen slate and turned it in his hands. So what, is there some sort of electrical gadget in there? Look at it, it's just a sheet of gold. Come on, you're a detective. What did Sherlock Holmes say? If you have eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. I've been telling you the truth all along. My dad is fine, and my mother is coming to take me to him. So you imagine she's going to show up, and you and she are just going to walk out of here? Ride out of here, I corrected. She'll be on a horse. Okay, that's it, Fallon said, slapping his palms on the table. You in. I'll get you a psychologist. As he stood to leave, I grabbed his wrist. He instinctively balled his other hand into a fist, but then relaxed when he saw I wasn't going to attack him. I had something important to say. When she comes, Brendan, don't fight her. She's... Well, she's not a normal mom. Fallon threw off my grip and said, Bah. Just then there was a knock on the door. A young police officer poked his head in. He looked excited. There are two women outside on horses, the officer stuttered. You gotta see them. They're gorgeous. They want to see the prisoner. Fallon whipped his head around and stared at me. The color drained from his face. I shrugged. That'll be my ride. I paced around the room for what seemed like an eternity. I don't think I'd ever been so excited. It took all of my willpower to stop from jumping up and down, shouting, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. I tried to relax. Right, what should I do? I said, talking to myself. Pack. I looked around the room and laughed. The only thing there was the Allen slate. I picked it up. I paced some more. Come on, come on, come on, I said aloud. The door flew open and Fallon came storming in. What the hell is going on here? Where is she? What's happening? There are two women outside on huge horses wearing trick-or-treat outfits. The one I spoke to said her name was Deirdre, and the other was called Neve. Neve? Neve's here? She's my aunt. Fallon was angry. He grabbed my shirt with both hands and pulled me close to his face. What are you playing at? I tried to be as calm as I could. What did you tell them? I told them they had to wait. You didn't. I did. That probably wasn't a good idea. 
Why? Well, I don't know my aunt all that well, but waiting isn't mom's strong suit. As if on cue, a huge explosion shook the room. Fallon let go of me and said, You stay here. As the door swung behind him, I dove across the room and painfully trapped my arm in the door jamb before it could lock. The hallway was filled with dust and smoke. Cops were lying unconscious everywhere. In the distance, I could hear screams of, My eyes! Neve was casually riding towards me. She had blown out all of the door archways so she didn't even have to duck. Her right hand was held out to her side, and two marble-sized balls of gold were orbiting it like atoms around a nucleus. Two policemen appeared out of the room to her left. Without even looking at them, she flicked her wrist, and the gold balls hit them in the chest. They were thrown back into the room with an explosion of light. She spotted me. Connor, are you harmed? No, I'm okay, I shouted. Where's Mom? She is outside, preparing the portal. Catch, she said, throwing me an oak banta stick. I examined it. I prefer hazel. She gave me a dirty look, but then smiled. Come, she said, holding out her hand. I started to reach for it when I heard a voice from behind me say, Freeze! I turned to see Detective Fallon pointing a gun at Neve. He was obviously freaked. Nobody move. Put your hands where I can see him and get off the horse, lady. Connor, Neve said, what is that in his hand? It's a weapon, Aunt Neve. She went to reach under her cloak. I said freeze! Hold on, Neve. I said, let me talk to him. Fallon kept the gun pointed at Neve, but he flicked a glance in my direction. He was real edgy. Brendan, I said in my calmest voice, this is my Aunt Neve, my father's sister. She's from Tirnanog. That's why she's riding a horse. Remember? I told you about that. The muscles in Fallon's jaw twitched. I wasn't sure if I was getting through to him. I'm going to go with her. Put your gun down and no one will get hurt. What, I'm supposed to let you walk out of here? His gun shook as he spoke. She killed all of my officers. Connor, why are we talking? What is he saying that is so important? He's upset because you killed his men. They will live, Neve said. I could hear the impatience in her voice. Connor, we do not have time for this. She was right. The longer we stood here, the more likely it was that more cops would show up. And I was desperate to see my mother. I decided to take Fallon out of the equation. Unfortunately, I was holding my banta stick upside down, so I had to flick the gun out of his hand with the heavy end and then use the light end on his neck. Dahi wouldn't have been very impressed with the blow, but it did the job and the detective went down. I grabbed Neve's hand and she lifted me on the back of the saddle as if I weighed nothing. I never got your Christmas card, she said as she maneuvered the horse into the opposite direction. Christmas isn't for two months. Well, that explains it. I wasn't sure if that was a joke or not. We rode back through what used to be the police station. No one stopped us. The only sounds were a few moans. Daylight poured through what used to be the front door. I shaded my eyes and was rewarded with a sight of my mother. My heart leapt and I involuntarily kicked the back of the horse. The mount lurched and I almost fell off. Be careful, Connor, Neve said. 
I would prefer not to fall. Oh, of course, sorry. Neve walked her horse next to Mom's. I hugged her, and she hugged me back. Connor, are you all right? I am now, I said. Deirdre, Neve said, I do not like this place. How's Dad, I asked, still hugging. I never wanted to let her go. Mom pushed me back. Neve is right. We must get out of here. We can talk when we get home. Mom took some sap and a gold disc out of her saddlebag and began to chant as she rubbed them both between her hands. Amber light shot from her fingertips and created a spider web that eventually filled in to produce a large glowing disc. Are you ready? Mom asked. Born ready, I replied. Everybody stay right where you are. It was Fallon. With one hand he held his neck, in the other he held a gun. Neve and Mom stepped their horses sideways for a look. Who is this? Mom demanded. Mom, this is Detective Fallon. Detective Fallon, this is my mom. Fallon pointed the gun menacingly. Everybody get down. We are all going back inside. Mom and Neve started to reach inside their cloaks. I raised my hand and stopped them. No, we're not, Brendan. We don't belong here. I don't belong here. I said, get down. They can't, Brendan. It would kill them. You see that glowing disc over there? That's a door into another world. The land. We're going to enter it, and then we'll be gone. If we're not, then you can shoot me. I'm warning you, O'Neill. Brendan, I didn't kill my father. He's right on the other side of that door. You have the wrong man. You said it yourself. I'm not a bad guy. Please, you have to trust me. I could almost hear his brain cells working. He lowered his gun and we walked towards the disc. I didn't look back. We arrived in the Hall of Spells. I expected the journey to be painful. Most of this shadow magic stuff is, but other than a few spots in front of my vision and an annoying ringing in my ears, I was fine. I jumped down and gave Mom a proper hug. She returned it quickly, but then said, I have to go. I will talk to you later. I didn't like the way she looked. She was still undisputedly the most beautiful woman in the world, but in her eyes I saw a haggard look. She dashed out of the room. I was a bit taken back. I turned to Neve and said, Is she all right? She is fine, Connor. I let out a sigh of relief and then took in a lungful of air. And it hit me. I could feel the vitality seep into every cell. A smile took over my face and I said to myself, I'm back. And then I said it out loud. I'm back. I hugged my aunt just as a stable boy led the horses away. And that's when I saw him. Detective Fallon, with his clothes disheveled and his hair shooting out in all directions, was crouched in the corner, and he had a wild glint in his eyes. He looked like one of those girls in a slasher movie that had just witnessed her entire sorority get killed. Oh my, I said. Her eyes locked. It scared me. I had seen that look before. He was wearing the same face that Fergal wore when he went mad and tried to kill Kielty. 
Brandon. At the sound of his name, he pulled the gun from between his knees and leveled it at me. Hey, calm down, Brendan. No one is going to hurt you. I walked slowly towards him with my palms up. He aimed the gun at my face, his arm shaking. I wondered if he even knew who I was. It's okay. Your name is Brendan Fallon. You have a wife and a daughter. It's okay. We'll sort this out. At the mention of his family, a spark of sanity fluttered in his eyes. He dipped the gun a bit, but then both of us were startled by a voice to his left that shouted my name. Connor, catch. A banta stick came sailing through the air. As I caught it, time slowed down like it always does when I'm in mortal peril. I saw the lights go out in Fallon's eyes, and I could actually see the muscles in his fingers as they tightened on the trigger. I could almost hear them. I suspected that guns didn't work in the land, but I didn't want to take that chance. I performed the same maneuver as before, except this time I hit the gun with the light end of the stick and rounded on Brendan's head with a heavy end. I hit him way harder than I wanted to. It wasn't my fault. The stick had been thrown by a raft, and his stick is filled with lead. The gun clicked at some point during the fracas, but it didn't fire. I was right. They don't work here. Brendan went down like a ton of concrete, and I instantly felt real guilty. I rushed to Fallon. He was out cold. Neve strolled over and placed her hands on both sides of his head. Did I kill him? I asked. He'll live, she replied and unceremoniously dropped his head back onto the floor. Two guards arrived, and I instructed them to carry him to the infirmary and keep a guard. Be nice to him, I called after them, and... Make sure he gets some of that willow tea when he wakes up. He's going to need it. Can I have my stick back? A raff! I shouted as I turned. I'd almost forgotten he was there. I ran and gave him a huge hug. It was like hugging a refrigerator. Are you injured? he asked. No, I'm fine. He nodded. I have to go back to work now. He said and turned to leave. Well... It was great seeing you again, too, I called after him. I laughed. This was the strangest of homecomings. Well, it was just me and Neve. Not my favorite relative, but I didn't care. She stood in the middle of the room, wringing her hands. The look on her face wiped the smile off my own. Where's Dad? I asked. Connor, she said, looking down at her hands and then, directly into my eyes. Oisin is dying. You have been listening to The Prince of Hazel and Oak, a podcast novel by John Lenehan. Music gratefully provided by Lunasa. You can hear more of their fabulous music at www.lunasa.ie. That's L-U-N-A-S-A dot I-E. You can learn more about Shadow Magic and its author on www.shadowmagic.co.uk. Hello, 
It's uh, John Linehan here. First, I'd like to thank you all for your patience and waiting for Shadow Magic 2. As John Lennon once said, life's what happens while you're making other plans. It's amazing how many other things can so easily drag one away from staring at a blank word processor screen. I'd also like to thank you for your emails. As I said, sitting down to that screen is difficult, but uh, your kind words remind me why I do it, and it, well, it makes it easier to get those fingers on the keys. So thank you very much. I'd also like to take this moment to thank Evo and everybody at Patio Books for, well, just for being there. Shadow Magic, for me, was just a, an intellectual exercise. I, I never really dreamed that there would ever be an audience for my story. Patio Books changed all that. It put me in touch with all of you, and it was instrumental in getting my book published by HarperCollins. Now, as you all should know, Patio Books solicits donations and gives the authors a whopping 75%. If you use Patio Books, you really should send them some money. I'm not privileged to Patio Books' books, but I can assure you that it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. They're making peanuts compared to the unbelievable amount of work they put in. And because of this, I'm donating to Patio Books all of the proceeds from the podcast of Shadow Magic and Shadow Magic 2. Evo and his gang changed my life, and I'm forever grateful. Now, if you want to support Shadow Magic and me, then buy a paperback copy of Shadow Magic. I know there's no reason to buy one for yourself. After all, you've heard the story already. But if you can swing it, and I can appreciate that many of you can't, and that's cool. But if you can, buy a copy for that friend or relative of yours that just refuses to listen to patio books. You know the type. We all do. On www.shadowmagic.co.uk, I keep track of who's doing the best online deals for the UK, the US, and the rest of the world. Drop in and order a copy today. I'm sorry about the hard sell, but the truth of it is, if Shadow Magic doesn't sell, then Shadow Magic 2 won't be published. And if that happens, then 3 might not get written. And I really hope that doesn't happen, because I have a cracking ending for book 3. Anyway, enough of all that. Enjoy Hazel and Oak, and as always, thank you for listening.